This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Cheers. I'm Kimmy. And we do not have Liza today, but this is 51 First Dates, a podcast usually brought to you by Kimmy and Liza, your friendly neighborhood daters and dating advice givers and people who just like to chat on a microphone. Uh, But in all seriousness, welcome back or welcome for your first time. Unfortunately, and very sadly, Liza is not here today due to a death in the family. Um, I love you, Liza. We are thinking of you. We are thinking of your family. Death is so hard. Wow. It sounded idiotic coming out of my mouth and as though I'm minimizing it. But uh, grief, there's so much grief right now and I'm – I just, if you have a chance, if you're listening and you want to shoot a little nice note to Liza, I would highly encourage that because it is a tough time without a loss like the one Liza is grieving right now. And we just, we love her and we're thinking about her and everybody who loved her aunt. Um, yeah, that said, welcome to 51 First Dates. Wow, really sounding insensitive as fuck right now. I am also totally struggling to speak alone into a microphone. I feel a bit deranged. It also just could be the general January vibes. I don't know about any of you, but it is not my favorite. Uh, But luckily, you do not need to listen to me ramble on by my lonesome for the rest of this podcast. Uh, We are going to re-release an old episode, an episode that got good feedback, an episode that features me, Liza, and our dear dater, Carlin. For those of you who are new, when COVID isn't raging, Carlin goes on first dates and tells us about them. But, you know, we all have to adapt in these times. Uh, But we did an episode together on bodies and we got pretty deep on body image and the challenges we've faced and just the challenges humans face when it comes to what we look like. And I have really been struggling with that yet again this early January. I think this is just a really tough time to love the bodies we're in and you're not alone so we thought this would be a good a well time to re-release but before we get to that part of the episode I just wanted to say uh we love you all and we also want to give you a little bit of new content hence my awkward solo mic speaking so I'm going to do two things for you I'm going to give you a little bit of consumption corner yes I am I'm going to give you a really good celebrity sighting story Yes, I am. I'm already excited to tell it and sad that I will be telling it to myself alone in my room. Uh, And we are also going to answer some Q&As. I briefly hopped back on the Instagram last week. If you've been a longtime listener, Liza and I I used to have a lot more bandwidth based on our our full-time job and school situations to do this podcast. But now, you know, we're just, you know, a tiny little podcast floating along. So we do what we can. And I apologize that I didn't get to the Q&A on Instagram, you know, hashtag creator life. Wow. Hate this. Hate speaking alone to myself. I like wish she'd put up a picture of someone to talk to. Uh, Okay. Uh, But all of that said, 
I didn't answer your questions. That, that's really what happened. And so I'm going to. I'm going to answer some of the Q&As submitted during our AMA on Instagram and I'm going to answer them here so that if you have already listened to the Bodies episode and you don't feel like being triggered or listening to an episode about body image, you can still get a tiny bit of fresh content in your ears. Uh, if you haven't, rate, subscribe, review, please. It would mean the world to us. It seems so silly, but it's so important. And for every five-star review we get, an angel gets its wings. Hmm. We just feel really grateful. Um, you don't have to pay for this podcast, but that's totally what you could pay us if you want. Also, send us your stories. Tell us if you want to come tell your story on the podcast. You can be totally anonymous. Your worst first dates, your questions, 51firstdatespod at gmail.com or DM us 51firstdatespod on Instagram. We want your content. We are going into a new year and I think that, you know, as dating remains challenging to do in a safe way and we just want people to date when they want to and not date when they don't want to. We still want to give you dating content that you want. So we're going to crowdsource it from you. Thank you for giving us the content. Uh, but in all Syrian seriousness, we really appreciate that. And you really appreciate all of you gems. You make this worth it. Talking into a microphone alone is easier because I know some of you will listen and appreciate it, hopefully. Or be like, did Kimmy take an edible? Shockingly, I didn't. Okay. With that, we will get into the My Quick Consumption Corner. <laughs> than me answering your Q&As and then my celebrity story and then we'll get into the bodies episode. So, wow, so hard to transition when there's one human speaking and that is the last time I'm allowed to complain about speaking to myself. Okay. Uh, oh, consumption. So I started a new show last night that is in its second season. I just missed the first season and I think I like it. So if you're looking for something new, just shouting out Righteous Gemstones on well, – she can't say it. The Righteous Gemstones on HBO. It's like a Danny McBride show. And even if he's not your jam, there's some fun, like mega church, culty vibes, scammy vibes, but scripted and it's funny. And I was into the, the first episode. So if you are scraping the bottom of the barrel like me, I recommend. I am also going to recommend you get back into Euphoria as soon as possible. Uh, it's out and it's back and it's so good. And wow, I it's so well done. And it, the way that television show keeps me from checking my phone because it just sucks me into another level and not just because of the gorgeous, I was about to say gorgeous teens, that's creepy, um, the gorgeous 27-year-olds playing teens like Jacob Elordi. Not sure how old he is. Anyway, uh, Euphoria, if it has felt dark, I don't know, something about that kind of darkness is actually working for me in these times. So... I would also highly recommend you check that out. Okay, so now let's do some Q&As. All right, here's the first one. This is a softball. Is Precious Gems coming back? I miss having you ladies in my inbox. This is the sweetest note, and this is where I just like kind of get sad that we didn't go viral at one point and be able to quit our jobs and do this full-time. No, other people have side hustles and commit to them. We do not hear. Uh, Precious Gems was our Substack and our newsletter and honestly brought me joy writing one each week or every other week when Liza and I would switch off. But it's just both of us are, I'm sorry, we're just at such a shitty point with bandwidth right now. But I hear you. We hear you. We want to bring it back. Trying to think of a way maybe maybe monthly would work. That could be really fun. Also tell your friends. The more people listen to this podcast or read our old sub stack, the more it makes sense for us to put in the effort. Um, but we're sorry that that 
precious gems slowed. You've probably come to expect it from us now. Um, we are the zooist. Okay, so went on dates with 12 different guys last year, taking a break from dating apps, dating apps, <laughs> dating apps. Let's call them dating apps. I prefer it and feel much better. Okay, well, this is just wisdom. You know, if you're going on dates and this really relates to the next question and you're not having a good time, there's absolutely no reason you need to be on the date. Maybe society is telling you to, maybe your friends at brunch are making you feel like you need a cool story. Absolutely fuck all them because you don't need to be doing anything that is sucking energy away from you rather than bringing you energy. That is as woo-woo as I'm going to get, but seriously, times are really tough right now and I just want you to be happy. So take that however you want. Related question. How do you stay motivated to keep talking to people you're not attracted to on apps? Here's the thing. You don't. You don't. And I love you and I'm being sassy, but like, no. Okay. Here are some pieces of like quote unquote advice we non-experts have talked about over the years that I think can get misconstrued into, I need to be dating all the time to make something happen. So when we started this podcast, I was in a dating rut that basically was me not going on dates but expecting someone to come date me forever. Uh, So for me, it was about putting in effort, going on dates. That's why we say go on a date at the end of each episode. That is why we tell you to, you know, give a second date a try even if you didn't have a great first date. That doesn't mean you should spend any of your precious time talking to someone on a dating app who you're not attracted to. I think the other thing that comes into play here is it's so hard to know if you're attracted to someone or not on a dating app unless it's truly Jacob Elordi you know on your tinder your hinge let's be real I, I like it's hard from a picture and sometimes I worry that without you know getting in person and smelling those pheromones I don't even know if I'm attracted to the person or not even if they are truly Jacob Elordi okay I would know that but this is all to say there are basically two ways you can know if you're attracted to someone when you've you've met on a dating app one you maybe three one you like the way they look two you like the way they're like chatting with you or three you know you have like this idea about them I think that was my thing like ooh school ooh sailboat you know real embarrassing stuff guys I lived and I learned but I think for this specific question absolutely do not need to stay motivated to keep talking to people you're not attracted to on the apps whether it's because they said something weird or because you're just like I don't think you're my type no you don't need to stay motivated to do that because that means you're having a bad time and again only good times we're not gonna say yes to anything that's a meh right? Anything that's giving you anxiety, that's not what 2022 is about. I know I'm being a little bit sassy, sassy, Kimmy, but truly, I think that we're all fed way too much BS about how much we need to date or meet someone. And I kind of feel like on this podcast, again, always straddling like, well, we, there is a, you know, if you want to meet someone, you sometimes have to push yourself out there. But no, if you're not attracted to someone or you're not feeling dating generally, even when it is someone you're attracted to, this, this is the year of saying, nah, I'm good. You know, night-night, goodbye. So I give you the power to say goodbye. I give you permission. You didn't ask for it, but I give it to you. Okay. I like the guy I'm dating, especially in bed. Ooh. But he's catching feelings for me. I'm not. What do I do? <sighs> this is so hard. This is so hard. And I, I am going to just share that this is a female I writing in. And I think that's kind of nice to, I don't know. It's just nice to remember because I think there are so many narratives or there were like five years ago where people couldn't stop saying, you know, garbage fire and fuck boy. But 
there are just so many narratives about men, you know, like just using women for sex while someone catches feels. It can happen to any of us. Uh, so first I just want to say to you, there, you're not doing anything wrong yet. No. If you feel someone catching feels and you're not catching feels, you know, I think in an ideal world they'd bring up the conversation to you first because they're the ones catching the feel and they might want to say, hey, I want to be with you. What do you want? Again, we don't say, what do you want first? We say, what you, what I want. <laughs> God, so clear. Man, I miss Liza for so many reasons. Um, but give me no being selfish. Uh, basically, like dating rule 113 is just, you can't say, what are we to someone you haven't defined a relationship with. You need to say, this is what I want. What do you want? That's the better way to go about it. Uh, yeah, Amen. So that said, I think in a situation like this, you're kind of waiting for the person who you think is catching feelings to come to you with that conversation. <sighs> Unfortunately, I've never been in this situation because I'm always the one pining over someone who doesn't like me. But maybe a little bit. I think it's just there are two paths you can take, right? Like, yes, it sounds like the sex is great, but I think we're going to have to kind of remove that from the equation, right? Think about how you'd want to be treated. One, you can initiate the conversation and just kind of take the opposite stance of, hey – you know, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. We've been hanging out for a while, but I'm not looking for anything serious. Uh, though that conversation has been had with me and I caught so many feels, I was unable to hear it. So that's one path. The other is to just, you know, not slow fade in a rude way, but just start taking some steps back and kind of seeing where they go. And if they call you out even the slightest bit, even an angry drunk text like, hey, you didn't reply, just be honest. Be like, I feel like we're getting really close and I'm not sure we're looking for the same thing. It's a little presumptuous because you don't know. They haven't told you about their caught feelings yet. But I think whatever part of the sex you'll miss, if you're really not going to get there with the person, you need to treat them exactly how you'd want to be treated in that situation. But it's really tricky. I mean, I just gave you very generic advice that, you know, in practice, really hard to know what to do. So please tell us how it went, what you did. Uh, we love an update. And let's see. We could do one more. I lost my phone place. COVID PTSD is real. 22 months now. Same. That Sorry, I lost the list of questions. But that was just a submitted comment and... I agree, and that's why I'm going to tell you this really good celebrity sighting, and then we're going to get into our our bodies episode. Before I tell you the celebrity sighting, just please treat yourselves in such a kind and lovely way. Um, it is a tough time. I am clearly a little bit off my rocker these days, uh, talking alone into a microphone. Wow. I commented on it again. Okay. So... This past weekend, I had my largest celebrity sighting of all time. It's been, you know, only a few days into 2022. It was date 13's 35th birthday, which was very fun. Uh, we were, I am well, I don't have COVID. We were all safe and outdoors when we could be. Uh, I can't believe I don't have COVID, to be frank, but we we celebrated it. I'm not going to lie here. We were as safe as we possibly could be in celebrating it. And it was really, really fun. Of course, it was also stressful because nothing can just be fun anymore. I'm that's 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 for another episode, maybe a fights episode. But I love him, and I'm so happy he made it to 35 and is continuing on. And we had a really lovely birthday because we had such a lovely birthday. 
we oh my god I just weed birthdays wow disgusting because he had such a really lovely birthday that I planned uh I felt very hungover on Sunday in a way that I had not yet in 2022 or in a minute and so that's a lie Christmas morning I didn't feel great but this was aggressive and we thought what is the cure to our hangover let's go to this place in Malibu that has like a casual sports bar vibe but has like margaritas and nachos and there was one in Brooklyn and I was like okay yeah let's go it's at the Malibu Country Mart I promise you it's not a place I go and it was like a fever dream of that kind of hangover over where you're like, am I here? Am I not? There was a weird car show happening in the parking lot. So all these fancy, fancy cars were everywhere. Anyway, we go into the, the nook of the, it's basically a country market, like outdoor shopping mall. Uh, we go into the nook where this restaurant is. Yeah, California life. Everything's a mall. Uh, this is a nice one though. It generally brings me like peaceful vibes. Probably the Malibu of it. Okay, sorry, leaving you hanging. We go into the restaurant in like the corner of the mall and we're sitting and we have a drink and, you know, hair of the dog and I over here behind me, the manager, you know, the hostess rushes up to the manager and says, Kardashian. And I was like, who did I just hear what I thought? And there's a hubbub and there's a table getting set up and it's kind of like, you know, in this other part of the space, but not far from us. And lo and behold, all of a sudden, I'm not even a big Kardashian fan. I mean, I'm totally going to watch the new show on Hulu, but I haven't really seen much of the old one. There are many issues with this kind of celebrity, blah, blah, blah. But just the Julia Fox, the Kanye of it all, the Courtney and Travis of it all, they are in, they're around, right? And so in walks Kim Kardashian with Penelope, baby Courtney and Scott uh, with North. And it was just, they sat down with another mom and her daughter and they had a lunch and it was wild to see someone that famous she looked incredible I expected it to look like fake in real life like her face she looked so beautiful (laughs) I guess it shouldn't be surprising but um more recently she and Pete were spotted at a restaurant that's not far from my house as well all those photos of them getting like ice cream I'm just like is Kim following me or am I just you know making everything about me no but it was actually wild I just thought about the celebrity of it all. It was just so, I was, it was beyond me. There wasn't a bodyguard like visible to me. Um, She was on her phone a decent amount, but also being a lovely mama, it seemed like. And uh, they all got Shirley Temples. I thought that was cute. I'm really, this is, I'm not Demois. I'll stop here. But basically, it was really wild to see someone that famous in the flesh, like in a moment of their life where they're just trying to be normal. And man, I actually don't want to be famous. I want the funds and the skincare and all that, but I don't want all the, all of the rest. Okay. Well, I hope that was as fun for you as it was for me. I just, again, like there are celebrities I'd rather see, but seeing a celebrity of that magnitude, wild. I was going to, I was going to tell Eliza. I didn't text Liza. I texted some friends, did not text Liza. I was going to tell it to her live on the pod. So Liza, we love you. We're thinking of you. And maybe you listened this far, but maybe you didn't. Okay. That is enough from me solo. I never want to do this again, but I will. Okay. I love you all. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us as always. And now we're going to take a quick ad break and then get into our bodies episode. Uh, Bye-bye. Welcome to 51 First Dates. 
I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And this is 51 First Dates, a podcast where we talk about dating, specifically joined by our dater, Carlin. Carlin, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Always obsessed when you're here. You, you, Liza, I'm obsessed when you're here too, but you know. Um, but it's so more novel when you. Carlin is here. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, it's a fun trifecta and I feel honored to be a part of it. I also feel honored that all of you are, are listening in your ears to our voices. Um, we are so appreciative for all of the lovely support and likes and subscribes and reviews. They mean the world. If you if you want to go leave one right now, just press pause and do it. That would be lovely. Uh, and just generally, yeah, thanks for supporting us. Thanks for supporting our our newsletter, our precious gems. I'm doing it. I'm doing the business. We're going for Plug it. it. Uh, <laughs> it's very nice when, you know, I basically use it as my diary each week. Well, Liza has been crushing it for me. I haven't done one in a while. I did one this week. I used it as a diary. And then I got really nice notes from some of you. So shout out to all of you for letting me do that. And now I will stop, you know, monopolizing this intro. Hi, guys. What are we talking about today? We are talking about, we're actually, okay, so we're doing an episode today that we've been wanting to do for a really long time. And it's kind of sensitive and vulnerable and tough to talk about. But we're going to do a topic about body image and how body image affects dating and how that sucks and is hard and how we've all struggled with it in different ways and yeah I I truly like it's something that I feel like the three of us have talked about a lot offline and now we're like oh we should like do an episode about this um so we're gonna do that and it may be sad but also hopefully it's helpful (laughs) I don't don't know if that was not a good pitch for this episode (laughs) no okay I think you know and Carlin I'd also love to to hear your take. My thought is kind of when I asked if, if anyone had questions on Instagram, I was like, hey, obviously we are not experts on anything, not even dating. Definitely not bodies. <laughs> uh, we've all definitely been guilty of uh, – well, actually, Carlin, I, I don't know that you've done this on the podcast, but I Probably. feel like I've been – I've said things about my own body on this podcast that are not great. Uh, I've talked about, you know, Liza and I have talked to you about eating disorders. So I just want to preface this all with this is not about like we're, we can't fix anything for sure and we're not going to try to. But when we talk about the questions you sent in or body image and dating, I hope this feels like kind of um, a, a safe space, my God, um, but a place to commiserate or just like have the feelings with, you know, the people you listen to us in your ears because I know – For me, some of my struggles are, um, I don't know, made easier when I know I'm not alone. That said, if you are dealing with disordered eating, um, we're not doctors or therapists. So this is a trigger warning. We will do a consumption corner before we get into all of it. So just wanted to throw that out there. But Carlin, how how do you feel about talking about this topic? I'm so pumped. I mean, not because it's like, oh, I feel great about my body. And like, you know, I just want to help you guys out and help you feel better. (laughs) No. Um, But... (laughs) I think some of my consumption corner has like been around body image and I've just been like thinking about it a lot. And so I think it's just, I'm, I, before we got on today, I've made a promise to myself that I was going to be super vulnerable, like on the podcast today and get like very honest about some of like recent thoughts that have come up, like with 
dating and like going out on dates most recently. Um, so I'm just like ready to commit to that and more so just to, and not because, right, because we're not doctors and I don't expect, expect anyone to fix me, but I think part of body image being a problem is that like the rhetoric around it is just so piss poor. Um, so if this is a step in the right direction, then let's do it. I love that. I'm going to commit to vulnerability now because you did. Great. And Since you guys are going to do it, I'm not going to bother. <laughs> no, I'm just going <laughs> to be like, wow, that must be really hard for you. No, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, absolutely. Like, I, yeah, it's going to be, it's funny. It's going to be an episode that like I, uh, I'm i like, oh, I hope no one I know listens to this because I'm going to like say a bunch of really personal shit, but also I hope they do because this is something that like, yeah, a lot of us don't talk about um, with the people who are close to us. It's like we hold this kind of shame internally and expect for it to somehow resolve itself um but yeah just wanted to echo Kimmy's trigger warning um if you are struggling with disordered eating if you're in active recovery for an eating disorder like I would say probably skip this episode um we wanted to just give you a resource uh the National Eating Disorders Association or NIDA has a helpline they have a text crisis help line and they have like an online chat tool um, they have a ton of resources online that just can help you figure out if you suffer from disordered eating. Uh, and you can visit that. Well, you can visit them at nationaleatingdisorders.org. We'll link that below as well. But I just wanted to say, yeah, maybe go ahead over there um, instead of like listening, listening to us. Because it's as someone who suffered from disordered eating, it like consuming content about it is often... Um, triggering and and for me could send me into uh like like darker places and and pretty unhealthy habits so i just wanted to like give that shout out even though kimmy already did it and i'm just doing it longer that is my <laughs> role on this podcast no, not at all you just wanted to make sure i got the, the the website out there before we started anyway consumption real quick who wants to go first I'll go first because I have a really good one. Oh my gosh, you better all be watching Hacks on HBO Max as soon as possible. It's with Gene Smart. It's so darn good. Uh, I think I feel like they're dropping two episodes every Thursday. I don't want to even give you too much other than it's a, about um, like a legendary female comedian and then a younger woman who is canceled on Twitter who ends up working for her. There's no spoilers in that. Just go watch it. It's so good. If you're watching Mare of Easttown, you'll get a double dose of Gene Smart. And then also just have to shout out uh, my other consumption has been Z-Way and Real Housewives of New York and Z-Way's on Showtime. Get yourself a free trial. Watch it, please. There's also the latest cast member of Real Housewives of New York was on Z-Way. She interviews Ebony and I, I really enjoyed it. And just shout out to to I really like my content right now. I think you should all watch it. I am I have been like really really meaning to watch both of those shows in a very big way, especially cuz Carlin, I don't know if you knew this but Zwei went to Northwestern. She's like much younger than us. Whoa. But I'm like, cool. "Oh shit, she's a yeah. Carlin and I both went to Northwestern, met there, etc." Um but I just feel like fuck yeah. Uh I've probably already said on this podcast that she went to the same school as me, which is an annoying thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's annoying, but I just think it's cool with like lady comedian, cool people. Um, so, so you're all smart and brilliant women, and it makes all of the sense in the world that you went to the same school. Oh, stop. that's way too generous. I would like to work so for her, and she's fully like 
didn't even overlap with me there. <laughs> we're like seven years older or something. Okay, so I'm going to go next only because while you're on Showtime, you should watch the thing that I'm about to recommend, which is the second season of Couples Therapy, my favorite show Ooh. of all time. It's back. It's so fucking good. I can't handle it. Carlin, do you know this show? No, but I want to watch it. Oh, it's, yes. It's unbelievable. It's like, I mean, everyone who, longtime listeners know I love Esther Perel, who has a podcast that's just real life couples therapy. And this show is just real life couples therapy. It's real people in therapy. You, there's like, this season so far, I've only watched, I've watched like half the season. There's three people or three couples. And you see a little bit of each of them in each episode. And they started filming pre-COVID and then did some episodes with remote therapy and then went back in person. So it's super interesting to me to see how these couples that were already in crisis reacted to COVID and how it, you know, the different facets it brought out of their relationship. I, I mean, this show is like, it's so, there's, there's, it's so simple. There's no music. There's no nothing. And it's just, I could watch it forever. It's so un, uh, endlessly interesting to me to watch like the very intricate dynamics of of people's relationships and um it, it, I'm I am spluttering because I love this show so much uh so I've been watching that and then I also watched have been watching um the uh, uh Alex Gibney's new documentary called The Crime of the Century on HBO Go which is about the oh, Sackler yeah. family who are the manufacturers of oxycodone and mm. it's basically about how the opioid crisis is a gigantic like huge scale crime like actual prosecutable crime committed by these companies who knew exactly what they were doing and just were uh prioritizing profits over everything else and it's so angering and so um frustrating but it does feel kind of like I don't know it's hard to watch and obviously there's a lot of content about the opioid crisis but this I think examines just how problematic um, drug companies and the the hunger for profit is um, when people's health and lives are at risk. And it's been powerful and also, of course, very hard to watch. It's very informative. Yeah. I watched the first half. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well done. That's mine. I started – I feel like I should have started with Crime of the Century because it's like a bummer to be like, it's very, very hard to watch. Okay, Carlin, <laughs> you go. <laughs> I don't – mine's like not uplifting at all this – so I, because like body image stuff has been on my mind, I've just been watching uh, like YouTube videos. I watched uh, like an old show on Oprah's show own, like where Lisa Lean like goes to the South and is like invest- investigating obesity in young kid- kids. And she follows like these two kids around. And it was just so interesting. And one, he was four years old and weighed, I think like a hundred pounds. And I think a four year old is usually like 50 pounds or something like that and just uh, watching that which was super depressing and then there was another video that I was watching that was talking about like beauty standards and like how it's changed over time and it had like all these clips like you know newspaper clippings from the 50s about like you know how it went from like you know you should gain a pound you're like you're too skinny and just like how the conversation has changed so much and then how people are starting to wear corsets and everything and then like now with the Kardashians and how everybody wants to go back to actually this ideal body shape like not really originating in like white women at all and like how that comes from like you know idolizing like other races and everything so that was been and it wasn't like really I mean it was depressing in the sense that like society is terrible um but it was just interesting um 
I don't know. It was just I we can get into it more as we like get into the topic, but that's that's actually been my consumption for the for the week. Mm. Good one. Ooh, I could I I'm gonna do one more really quick. I'm so sorry. Only because it sort of relates. I watched a documentary called Tiny Shoulders on Hulu, and it is about the process of redesigning Barbie's body. Remember like a couple of years ago they yeah. released a bar- Barbies in different shapes. There was like curvy, tall, petite, and like original Barbie. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say it's very pro Barbie. They, I mean, they interview like Gloria Steinem and Roxanne Gay and people who are like very much like anti Barbie. But I think that like I would guess Mattel was like a producer. Like they're they're mm. in with Mattel the whole time, and it does feel a little bit like Barbie propaganda. But at the same time, I just thought it was a really interesting like example like like the the thesis was kind of like barbie reflects womanhood like she was designed to be this way that young girls could pretend to be things they couldn't be at the time like there was an astronaut barbie way 20 years before there was a female astronaut and barbie was always about careers what she was doing where she was going and also about materialism and looking perfect and all of these things and this documentary kind of just took a look at like how much is expected of women and how progress in feminism also is often tied to um, beauty standards and how um, so often like everything is expected of us to be beautiful and successful and this and that. And um, it was it was really, really interesting and just made me think a lot about how hard it is to be a woman. That's interesting because in one of the videos I was watching, they were talking about like a 1950s or 1960s Barbie. It was like a sleepover Barbie and it came like with a scale. Like, you know, she's sleeping over and like, you know, you should also weigh yourselves when you're all together. And it was set at like a very specific, I think it was like set at 130. Like, 110. Or one, yeah. Um, yeah. And it was just they one of those about things that. that I was like, I just, just don't know why that needs to be included in the packaging. That seems yeah. very strange. Yeah. It was so interesting. Like, I feel like Barbie is this it's like such a microcosm of actual womanhood you know it's like two steps forward one step back one step forward two steps it's like there's these ways in which Barbie was really progressive at the time and then it's also always been really backwards and really like bad for our psyches it's so it it was so it was just super interesting to me to think about Barbie as like a reflection of womanhood the way Barbie's sales changed when um the times were kind of changing like you can chart barbie sales to like the rise of second wave feminism like it's just it was super super something i just hadn't thought about and made me think a lot about feminism the patriarchy and body image segue (laughs) i mean as a segue to get into all of our topics i think it's been interesting to just become an old woman i guess and (laughs) look back and see these documentaries of how you know Britney Spears was treated or, you know, specific to body. What was I watching? I was watching something about when Kim Kardashian was pregnant and people were comparing her to a couch and like, you know, someone who there's so many complexities around to get in those bodies and the appropriation. And but I I don't know, just it used to be so normal for uh, like really upsetting comments about bodies and the way women eat or the I have six almonds. Well, that was a little bit that was Obama. But before that, I remember reading articles that were like, what are you what is your favorite celebrity eat in a day? And it would be like, well, she has 
a tiny piece of salmon for lunch, okay, and six almonds and celery for dinner. Like just all these things that felt so normal. I thought I was one day going to have to just do um, that I feel like are slowly melting lightly away. I don't know. I wanted to read this tweet that I enjoyed. It's no – this is not to say that – it's a tweet by um, CL Hubes on Twitter, Lucy Huber, She that said, if any Gen Z are wondering why every millennial woman has an eating disorder, it's because in the 2000s, the normal thing to say to a teenage girl was, when you think you feel hungry, you're actually thirsty. So just drink water and you'll be fine. And like, of course, that's not to say only millennial women have issues with disordered eating. But I read that the other day and just like screenshotted it because I was like, oh, yeah. I'm still reading this and like, what's wrong with it? I, I should just drink water and I'll be fine. Like, it just, I just think we didn't know how bad some of the points of view on bodies and eating that were being fed to us, no pun intended, um, <laughs> were. Yeah. And I think for, for the Zoomers out there, I mean, it's not like this magically disappeared, but we didn't have any examples of non-skinny bodies in our media like not a one there was sometimes like a token overweight friend on a teen show but mostly it was like every single person was not just skinny but like usually like no ass often like no boobs like tall you know like usually white blonde like it was bare 80s and 90s beauty standards were so so restrictive and like it is changing now it's not better I mean there's like a a ton of work to be done but at least like there are examples now (laughs) like you can point to celebrities and be like oh this person isn't like a size zero and there's not enough there's not enough representation and in body diversity but like it it does seem to be trending in, in the right direction, although slowly, but I do think it, it's hard for people who are close enough to us to age to understand maybe why we're all a little bit more fucked up about it. I think the interesting thing about that tweet is that to this day, and even this morning, I said this to myself, like, because I've heard that so much, I often will say, like, if I'm thinking about like eating, it's like, oh, I'm so hungry, thirsty. Like, that's what I say to myself. Wow. It's just like an automatic thing because it's like, oh, well, maybe I'm not hungry. Maybe I'm just thirsty. And to be fair, like dehydration, as Liza can attest to, mm-hmm. like is a thing and you, you should drink water. <laughs> but I think mm-hmm. the idea that like for me, I've said that to myself so much that I just automatically like just lump it in because it's like, ah, oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm not hungry. Maybe I'm just thirsty. So I just say it all, to myself all the time. So hungry, thirsty. Which it's is funny yeah. if we're being vulnerable today around lunchtime, I... I actually had a conversation with myself that was like, Kimmy, just like instead of eating an avocado toast, which is like what the food I have in my house and it's very healthy for you, why don't you just go walk and buy like a kombucha or something? Like I actively still had the conversation with myself of like, why don't you just go like drink a drink that will fill your stomach for a minute instead of eating? It's not great. It's really not great. I ate the toast. So that's (laughs) that's a win for me, eating bread more often. It's, It's fucking sad. No, it's true. We all, I mean, we also all were coming of age, becoming teenagers at a time when like Atkins and South Beach were really, you know, present. And there's a lot of stuff we've hung on to from that, like bread being bad. And, but yeah, the also related to the tweet, like, I think that so much of that whole idea of like, you're not hungry, you're thirsty has also just led to so many 
people not being able to trust their bodies and like when I get a signal from my body like my first impulse is often like are you really hungry and it's like yeah I haven't eaten in six hours like I'm hungry it's time to eat. you know what I mean like but it's it's like a scary thing because it can apply to so many other other things not just about eating but about health about your your instincts about safety you know the the habits of like distrusting your own hunger are just I think can be really um just really like nasty it can really lead to like a lot of distrust of yourself in general I think one more thing about the tweet is that there was a reply under it and that somebody was talking about uh like I guess like the uh, the 2000s fashions are coming back, like essentially low-rise jeans. Somebody said something about like Gen Z. This is why we don't want to wear low-rise jeans. Um, oh. And then the thing about I also watched a video about that today, and people were talking about it and seeing the pictures, and I was just like, oh my gosh, there's no way made well. If you ever stop making high-waisted jeans, I will riot. <laughs> but the idea that so we were talking about like what we saw in the media, like when we were growing up, like at that time when it was just like real wise jeans, you would just see these like skinny, skinny models of these long torsos and jeans like below the belly buttons. And it would always be like a crop top thing. It was never like where on earth was Ashley Graham? Like, I don't even know, but like it was, that was, that was the look. And then it reminds me, do you guys remember when Jessica Simpson like had, she was performing at a concert and she wore high waisted jeans and she had like that leopard belt and like the media like crucified her. They were talking, everybody yep. was like, she's so fat. Like, why did she do that? And I was reading about that today. She was a size four at the time. Like not that being a size 12 or 16, like would justify their comments. But I remember hearing all of that and seeing like all of the, like the like cartoons drawn about her. And like, I, at the time I did not know that she was a size four. And you would just, you would just think that she was like this huge thing and seeing the pictures now. And it's just like, no, she's just wearing high-waisted jeans, which at the time was not a look whatsoever and, like, you know, a belt and a top t- tucked in. But, like, just because it didn't fit in with the image of the low-rise thing and, like, you could see her body, like, not being, like, super felt at the time. Like, you know, it's, like, some kind of crime that it wasn't, yeah. like, you know, washboard abs or, like, whatever they call it. Literally, like it's a moral fail failing. I still deal with that ne- yeah. now is that like the shape and size of my body is not a moral failure of of my of mine. That was the worst sentence I've ever said. But you know what I mean? Like it's it's so connected to our our um, there's such a like uh, skinny people like know how to control themselves and they're austere and they're together and they take care of themselves and like not skinny people don't and like it that's so i that's so deeply internalized for me and it makes it really hard to feel like i'm a, a decent person if i'm not like very skinny which i have never been yeah. and the thing to that liza it's internalized in me too but then when i think about my actual life the times i was the skinniest were the times i was being like the least responsible about 100% you know and yeah. i it's so frustrating. And I, again, I feel very hopeful that things are changing um, and it will be a process and Gen Z go get them. But mm-hmm. it's it, the internalization of it all is so deep. And I don't know what else is deeply something that I struggle so much to change. 
the way I struggle to change my relationship with my body. Yeah. Even like, like it's, it's my temper sometimes. That's the only other thing I can think that's like, it never goes all the way away. I'm working on it. True. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's relatable. It's, it's so, we're, we're all, we've all been completely, you know, what's it called? Inducted into the cult of this. Um, I'm going to share a couple statistics just to kind of transition a little bit into how these kind of feelings we have and the things we've been sharing have affected our dating lives. Um, I'm going to share a few statistics and I'm sorry to be that fucking person. Um, but here they are. I have the the um, references for these, but I'm not going to like cite them. But I, I did like make sure they were properly referenced and stuff. So approximately 91% of women are unhappy with their bodies and resort to dieting to achieve their ideal body shape. Unfortunately, only 5% of women naturally possess the type often portrayed by Americans in the media. Um, tell, studies show that the more reality television a young girl watches, the more likely she is to find appear, appearance important. Students, especially women who consume more mainstream media, place a greater importance on sexiness and overall appearance than those who did not consume as much. Uh, And this one is specifically about dating. 20% of women and 24% of men felt very or extremely satisfied with their body. Participants who were less satisfied with their bodies also reported feeling less satisfied with their romantic relationships, their friendships, and their lives overall. Um. And I just wanted to kind of like share those numbers because I think they're kind of particularly staggering. And the connection to feeling dissatisfied with your body and feeling dissatisfied with your romantic relationships is definitely something that I have always struggled with. And, um, you know, feeling like my body was only like I was only lovable if my body looked a certain way and often blaming my singleness on failures of my body shape um but yeah i just wanted to like bring it into the dating realm do you guys want to talk at all about like how these things have kind of affected your mindsets in dating i have a question that um is also from another youtube video that i watched um that it was a round table with a bunch of women talking about body image and one of the questions that they asked everyone was at what age did you feel like you weren't enough in regards to your body and i guess i'm curious what your guys' answers are, I will share mine. Um, I would say probably eight or nine years old, which is incredibly young to feel not enough in your body. Um, She's not listening, but I will shout out my mother for that. (laughs) I think it's, so Liza, when you said uh, like South Beach and Atkins diet, like, oh my gosh, it just brought, like I had been, my mom put me on all of those diets and I think there's something to be said for, and I don't know if we'll get into this, but like obviously mindful eating and like healthy eating, like fueling your body is such an important topic that I'm only like just now learning. They do not teach you that in health class, surprisingly enough. I don't even know if they still have health class, but I think um, like when, when I'm watching like these documentaries about like the obesity problem in the United States, like I was, when I look back at pictures, I was never uh, like 200 pounds as an eight year old. Like, I don't even know what it would be, but like the way that's the way that my mom treated me. And that's how I felt like to the point that I would even think that I would look like that, even though that's not like, that's what I saw in the mirror, but that's not what you would see in pictures or interacting with me. Um, But it was just so interesting to like, I remember going to 
like bringing my lunch and like having like an Atkins diet lunch. And I hated it. It was like this stupid chicken salad thing. And I fucking hate chicken salad to this day. <laughs> Except the one at Whole Foods because it's bougie and has grapes in it and it's great. <laughs> Sponsor us, Whole Foods. Um, <laughs> but and I just remember sitting there and I would never eat it. I remember like throwing it away and I would like always say I would like actually like steal like two or three dollars from my mom's purse to like buy lunch. But anyway, so just like this idea of not in the fucking third grade, like just to like think about your and at that point, I'm not even thinking about my body. I'm just thinking about me. Because, like, I don't, like, at eight years old, I'm not thinking about, like, my thighs or anything. I'm just hearing from my mother and my family that I'm not enough in this way. But I'm not given the tools to, like, not be that way. I don't know. It's just, I guess, just the idea. And I just, what I like about that question in, like, a twisted way, it's like, why should we ever be felt or be made to feel like we're not enough? And then to pinpoint the age and i think a lot of women can and in this video some a lot of these women are saying single digits like it can start that early like nobody said like you know oh when i was 35 like it was all when they were very young so anyways i'm just curious if you're willing to share what it would be for you guys yeah that's a really good question um and it's funny because it's almost hard to remember a time when i didn't feel negatively about my body I mean I think for me it got really bad this is a I I always had um insecurities about not being pretty I I never thought I was pretty I always thought I was kind of like homely and and um but that that was more like I wanted to be one of the pretty girls and I just wasn't like I thought you kind of in elementary school knew who the pretty girls were and it wasn't me and um but when my when I hit puberty in in around like I hit puberty really in like seventh grade but I remember between seventh and eighth grade I literally went from being completely flat chested like pretty like like kind of skinny and gawky to having like massive boobs in a a manner of months like I had to go to physical therapy because like my back muscles were too weak for me to like hold my my new goddamn titties up and I also gained a lot of weight, like 50 pounds or something in a really short amount of time. And it was because I was just like filling out like I my I was like group boobs and hips and I'm I'm very curvy and will always be. But I just was like my legs were covered with stretch marks. My boobs had stretch stretch marks and they were so big and I felt so uncomfortable having them. And my back hurt all the time. And I just remember feeling like my body is disgusting. Like I, I literally found my own physical self vile. And it was something that didn't go away for a really long time. And even sometimes still, I look in the mirror and I'm like, you're disgusting. Too much. I'm so sad. <laughs> this is making me really sad. <laughs> it's a really oh, fucking gosh. depressing thing to get into the topic yeah. of. I mean, it's horrible. It's horrible to hear. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible to hear Carlin's experience. Kimmy, I'm sure we're... I mean, it's like, it's wild, though, because you can almost reliably know that basically almost every woman feels this way. Even women who who we would look at and be like, oh, my God, your body's great. You know? It's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't even... It's not even... It doesn't even go away for people who are... Who have, quote, unquote, like, the ideal body, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Mine Kimmy, was- what about you? Yeah, mine was definitely single digits. Carlin, probably eight or nine as well. I, this is, I have two, two, two memories. The first, uh, 
I did ballet from a time when I was really little. Yes, ballet, here we go. Um, (laughs) At a very like professional school where there were some people who were, even though I started when I was like four, like they were looking for people to go to like the Boston Ballet or whatever it was. Um, So I was always short. Um, Always knew I wasn't like the ballerina tall ladies. And especially as we got up, you know, when we weren't four. But I remember specifically my ballet teacher saying that always when I was little to stick my ducktail in, my always had a little bum. And then also specifically, I think it's, you know, I this was only a one-time thing, but like my ballet teacher being like, you should really do some sit-ups before you come into ballet class, like to, to be holding in my stomach. So that feels dark. At the time, it didn't feel dark, but now I can pinpoint it. And then kind of separately, I have this memory, I don't, I don't know, of like the first time I was like sitting in shorts in a car and seeing my thigh expand on like the seat and it driving me insane. Like seeing the, the fat of your thigh, very normal, but maybe, you know, when I, I don't know, I just have this memory and being like angry at it and being like, mom, why does my thigh do this? And her being like, that's what legs do when you put them. Like that's just how, like this, well, whatever some part of science works and uh yeah and it's insane I there are pictures of me from when I was a little little ballerina and yeah I was I was always shorter and I wasn't like tall and that that skinny but I was pretty skinny as a kid or like a thin little kid and it's really upsetting that I you know because I danced until I was 13 so I always just felt like the stubby shrimpy like chunky one and again even if even if I was any other size that wouldn't matter but I think like Carlin you made the same point it wouldn't be okay no matter what because that just shouldn't matter and ballet is really tricky for many reasons but we were kids I think it's more just the stark like difference between what I remember kind of thinking about my body in my head at the time and then looking at photos now and being like oh my god oh my god I do that with things like from you know, earlier in my 20s when I was like really forcing myself to look a certain way and thought I was, you know, the the dysmorphia is real, I guess, at every age. Yeah. It's so wild that people feel like it's just okay to comment on little children's bodies. More for girls, but I think that boys experience this too. I mean, it's, yeah, that's something I also, when I was pulling some of those statistics, noticed like, a lot of times men feel as insecure and dislike their bodies as much as we do mm-hmm. and probably have the opportunity to talk about it less. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. It's it's really um, shocking how much we all deep down like think our bodies are wrong. I have a another example because as you were talking, Liza, I think – an important part of it is like also puberty, which is like just like the definition that like your body is supposed to change, but like depending on the environment, but also like society, like you just get told that like, you know, oh, that's bad. But there's things that you like cannot control. Cause like also as someone that has big boobs and like didn't, like as you were saying, like all the stretch marks, I remember being like as a kid, just thinking, just feeling so bad about it. But like, at the same time, there were like people, my friends around me that were also going through puberty, but had completely different bodies. So it showed 
in different ways. And like the specific memory I had is, or have is in the fifth grade, you know, when they would do those scoliosis tests and you would like bend over. Oh, great. Well, you all know. I wonder if they do because, so I remember, so it was like, wear your swimsuit and like come in and they do uh, two kids at a time. Lauren Schneider, if you're out there, she was, she was in the room with me (laughs) and I wore like a, like a bikini top swimsuit because that's just like what I had but at the time I was like not wearing bras regular I was like probably past like the training bra point but just the weirdness like between my mom like not helping me (laughs) as a young girl and blossoming like it just wasn't you know any anyway so I'm sure it looked like you know like I I remember taking off my shirt and like the the woman that was doing the test like Lauren Schneider had like this, she was, she was tall and very skinny. She had like that ballerina kind of body and the administrator, the person that was administering the chest was like, that's a beautiful one suit, Lauren. And I took off my shirt and she was like a bikini. And I could tell like on her face that it was like a reaction to my <sighs> body. But in that moment, cause like up until that point, my mom, the way that she had talked about my boobs or breasts or whatever, she was saying like, oh, well, the reason that they're like that is because you weigh too much and it's the fat from your back coming forward, which first of all, physically is incorrect. So I'm not fat on my back. I'm just fat in the front. I think that's just boobs, mom. And also genetically, it's your fault. But anyway, and so, but like, I could see the reactions on their faces that it was like, oh, this girl's body doesn't look right or that it's too much. It's too womanly for a 10 year old, something that I don't have control over and maybe enhanced by like a bikini top that might've been too small, like, you know, whatever the case, but because I saw that look on their faces, I turned and said to Lauren, I was like, please don't tell anybody. It's the fat from my back and I can't do anything about it. Like, please oh, don't tell God. anyone. Isn't that terrible? Oh my God. That's <laughs> and so like, heartbreaking. And I remember like taking off the swimsuit cause I would wear like big t-shirts at the time because like I wasn't having like my mom wasn't having like the bra conversation with me and I remember like walking back to class and just feeling like I was like something's wrong something's wrong it shouldn't be that way but I just remember the fact that I god I just remember that so well and like how terrible that was anyway it's it's (sighs) such a horrible again people who feel the the like they can comment on young people's bodies even compliments it it, like I have a friend I think I may have talked about this in the podcast before but I have a friend who went to Quaker camp in like she went to like a super Quaker camp did I tell you this yes and I was like oh take me back I don't know if it was on the podcast or if it was just when we were like chatting yeah I think you were just chatting but like she this camp was extremely crunchy and this was you know would have been in the 90s so I don't think it would be allowed today (laughs) but basically they went skinny dipping every single day and it was campers who were like 10 to 16 or something so there were people in all different stages of puberty with every every different body type and the counselors would skinny dip it was all women no 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 sorry no okay it sounds shocking it was literally all it was all all women though no i don't know and it was optional you didn't have to skinny dip but like she was basically like the counselors did and she just basically felt like oh everyone's body is different and unique and it she just has that she I, I talk about this because she has one of the healthiest body images of any adult woman I know and I mm. asked her about it once and she was like it's because of this camp and the other thing they they do which I have a couple times tepidly tried to introduce with my friends as adults but then I've been too scared is they had a policy called no body talk which means you're not allowed mm. to talk about your body at all even if you're saying your hair looks pretty today or I like your shirt 
there's no body talk like that was completely not allowed and if other people did it they were encouraged to be like no body talk and to like gently remind each other and so the whole summer this whole camp of girls she went there for like her whole childhood would not talk at all about each other's physical appearances or what they were wearing it was just not allowed and like the power of she basically talked about the power of that when she was going through adolescence and I think she had some similar experiences that we all did with our with our you know families and similar outside pressures she's the exact same age as all of us she also had a a mom who I think encouraged dieting and, and dieted a lot and somehow this like positive experience and the experience of being around so many different female bodies in different stages of development really like imprinted on her and she has an un she uh, truly I mean the the healthiest relationship to eating I've ever seen as an adult and it's just shocking to me because you realize like just a little bit of the right input can go so far and so few of us have that wow it is such a good point I love no body talk because I am so fucked up about my body that even now if there's not a comment you know the one time you like you know maybe like lost weight for whatever reason so someone says oh you look so skinny you know and then the next time you see them you know two years later that's not happening or you know Mm -hmm. just the absence of those compliments ends up being I just like I level up right so no one's saying anything mean to me anymore maybe or commenting my body in a bad way but I'm like where's the the good comment I don't it's it's all dark how do you all feel about taking a quick break and then coming back and getting into the the dating part of it? Pro. Pro, yes. Yeah. Real quick ad break, probably for therapy. Get a snack. <laughs> and then and then we will be back. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, we're back for body talk. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Really, really. I think that's the name of Katie Storino's book that's coming out soon. Go pre-order that. She was Ooh. one of our first guests, and she's a great follow on this topic. If you don't follow Katie Storino on Instagram, I'm going to shout her out right now. I re- I, I'm having a vision of the book she's been promoting, and I think it's called Body Talk, so let's all pre-order it. Anyway. She's so unbelievably cool. Like, everything uh, – she's like what I want to be. In terms of confidence and yes, yes. really inspiring. But uh, Carlin. Yes, I wanted to sure. start off with a quote <laughs> uh, for everyone by it's about prettiness, prettiness and it's by Aaron McKean. And I read it the other day. And I thought it was very interesting. Uh, all right. You don't owe prettiness to anyone, not to your boyfriend, spouse or partner, not to your coworkers, especially not to random men on the street. You don't owe it to your mother. You don't owe it to your children. You don't owe it to civilization in general. 
Prettiest, prettiness is not a rent you pay for occupying a space marked female. And I thought mm. that was really powerful because I think about that all the time, even when I'm just walking down the street, like, oh, do I look pretty? Or, oh, does this outfit yeah. look okay? Just even there may not even be anybody on the street. Do I look pretty for this building? Do I look pretty enough yeah. to be walking on this sidewalk? Yeah. I don't owe that to anyone, but God damn it, yeah. do I feel like I do. And it's so relevant to dating and being on apps where, you know, you can feel like you're – the whole culture of dating apps I think can sometimes feel like you owe it to everyone on there to be so pretty and perfect and have a witty bio too. And uh, there are definitely some gentlemen on those – oh, they're not gentlemen, sorry. There are definitely some assholes on those apps who, you know, do think you owe them like a certain look and that's – uh, I don't even want to go there. But yeah, that's a very powerful quote, Carlin. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, 100%. And, and to the point of those assholes, I'm not defending them, but they've ingested the same lie we have. Yeah. We've internalized <laughs> it and they've externalized it. Like we think it about ourselves and they think it about us. Like we say this all the time. Men are also victims of the patriarchy. Guys, I'm yeah. sorry I talk about the patriarchy so much. <laughs> um, no, I'm not. Why am I apologizing? <laughs> patriarchy. Uh, but like... It's, you know, this image of what we're supposed to look like is it's it's deposited in all of our psyches, men and women. And um, doing doing the work of trying to, like, walk it back that I think our society is really trying to do right now is going to help men and women. One one hopes. I don't have a lot of faith in men. Sorry, men who are listening. (laughs) (laughs) But, But. Let's talk a little bit about dating and how how these things have affected our our dating lives. Do you guys have some thoughts like times you've, you know, felt um, felt your body image affect yourself as a person who is dating or in a relationship or romantic or crushing or app using? Yes, I every in every all. Yes to all of those things. I think even just briefly, even when I was like younger, so just like in middle school, high school. So like no apps, but just like crushing on a guy and thinking like, you know, oh, am I pretty enough? And I would be similar to how I am now as an adult. Like I'd be the kind of person to like write a note, like, do you want to go out with me or whatever? And especially when I was in Texas, like most, all the guys I asked would say no. But so there was like a certain layer to it though, like not just my body, but since I'm a black woman, there was like a race part of it. Cause it's like, Oh, is it because I'm black? Oh, is it because I'm fat? Because that's what I thought that I was. And like all of these like different thoughts and emotions. And I still kind of feel that way even on the app. So I think for, for me, there, there's a period where like, I can definitely on the apps, like I'm feeling myself, like I feel like really pretty in my pictures and everything. And like my body looks good enough, but there, there is like a fear for me, like on that first date or like first meeting that I'm like, what if like, I look good in the pictures, but like, if I, you know, quarantine weight, like if, if it's so, if it's too different in person, it'll be like, you know, oh, those experiences that some men and women have where somebody like catfishes them and they like have like a completely different body like what if they're gonna think that about me even though I you know haven't gained like 100 pounds or anything but I feel like I could look that different um and I've never had anybody verbalize that but that's totally if anything like goes wrong like a most recent date that I was on with Mr. James like we had like a really great date and then 
the following week, I was like, do you have any time to hang out? And he said that he wasn't entirely sure and he would let me know. He didn't let me know. It's been two weeks and I haven't heard anything from him. But like our uh, last interac- act- interaction, we had gotten like pretty physical and it was like the most that he's seen with me, like not completely um, undressed, but like partially there. And like in my head, I was like, oh, what if he just like, you know, I magically like took off my sweater and then like my body is completely different than like so different than my pictures that he was just so disgusted and could like that's literally how I was thinking and that's such so fucked up and like but I have to admit to it like I have to cop to it that that was the first fucking thought in my head and still if I'm being honest like I still think that like if like when I woke up this morning like before I I worked out I was like god yeah I gotta get this shit together like that's probably what it was which I feel bad for saying that, but like, I also don't want, you know, want to lie I'm aggressively it. nodding because that's exactly, I, I literally always the first thought, the first fucking thought, yeah. like not just that, like they don't like the way I look, that they don't like my body, like yeah. my face having nothing to do with it. Yeah. Not that I think yeah. my face is the fuck. Well, whatever. Right. I, maybe we'll try not to talk shit about it, but it's like, it is the <laughs> first thing that pops into yeah. my head. And like to the and, point that they would like never want to interact with this body or me, my personality, my personality is not a saving grace. Like, you know, my body is just so horrible that they would never want to interact with it again, ever. God. And it's like outside, not even knowing this person. But uh, Carlin, I know that's not true. And I know you know that it's not true. But then inside, it feels true. Like even the way I would like look at someone I dated's next girlfriend and just compare my body to hers. And it wasn't my face. It was my body it's so dark it's like she's skinnier they're their exes skinnier. yeah i'm or, the or, only yeah. like yeah. not skinny not like very skinny person jeff has ever dated and i have insecurities about it seven and a half years into our relationship i bring it up all the time they go well you wish i was skinnier and he continually is like shut the fuck up like i mean not in a mean way but he's just like i don't know how to i don't he basically regularly is like i don't know how to convince you that i don't feel that way Like, I think that, like, the fact that I want to marry you, you know, he's like, that's, that should be it. But (laughs) that's the thing is, and that's the (laughs) thing is, like, no amount of evidence to the contrary seems to undo those things. And that's really sad. I regularly think, like, oh, fuck, am I just going to live with this forever? This is never going to go away? It's a very, very unsettling thought. Yeah. And it's because, and I'm going to say this, but I, I don't take this, you know, I don't understand this on a deeper level. It's because the relationship is the one we each have with our own bodies. And like, that's what we have to work on. Um, You know, this being the first time I'm in a long-term relationship, it's been really interesting that like uh, early on, I felt like, oh, I can let go a little here. I moved to LA, gained a little weight. But when I kind of like press on that, to Tony and I'm like well I got fat this time like two years ago when I first moved to LA I gained weight I was in grad school I was driving a car not walking everywhere definitely not working out and um that's fine to do but I just obsessed over it to the point where I was bringing it up in conversations and if I didn't like I I left him with nothing he couldn't say the right thing because like what's he supposed to fucking say and uh it's just been really interesting for me to be like yeah it's not when I was dating, I felt, Carlin, just the way you did. If something went wrong, it felt like it usually happened after things got more physical and then I blamed it on my body and then I would like really focus on getting in shape. And it's interesting how I still blame it on my body or like uh, 
can't get over, can't fix my relationship with my body, even though it's improved. And it's, it's, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I actually don't know what I think. Uh, I just think it's a long, long journey. So like if you're listening and you're feeling similarly, you know, I don't want to be like, it never changes. I feel that it's slowly getting better. I'm learning to have a healthier relationship, but it's fucking work. That's how I feel. And it's like, ugh, again, I know I've already said this, but it's like, it's both validating to have this conversation because we all feel the same way from totally different childhoods and experiences and whatever, but also just so sad because I know it's the very, very vast majority of women who feel this way. And it's like just so devastating to be sitting here with like two of my favorite women in the world being like, oh my God, all three of us carry so much fucking pain around this and have our whole lives. <laughs> womp womp. <Yeah. laughs> Wompy womp. Should we um, dive into some speaking of cool women? Yeah. If we can think about, again, this is where like we're going to talk about each, each question and we're going to try to like be like the big sisters to ourselves maybe <laughs> yeah. and to yeah. uh, all of you but we're we don't have the answers like very clearly we don't so um okay i feel like i brought the mood down even further by being like it's sad <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> no i mean it is sad listen if we didn't acknowledge that it was sad if we tried to gloss it over like we would not be being truthful and i it, it's sad it's just sad yeah. i we i want to fix it and i think we can right here on this podcast, but it will get better. I think I even a kind of like uplifting funny thing is that so obviously Lizzo is amazing and her music makes me feel really great. Like I was feeling like so bad about my body that I Googled when is Lizzo's next album? Because <laughs> it's like I had like the other two and I was like, these are getting me through, but I would really love a new one for just like this 2020, 2021 energy. Like when is it coming out? And I think it's something said like maybe about fall and I was like a little far, but these issues will still be there. So great. Awesome. <laughs> we'll take it. Yep. We'll take it. That's true. I do think any, you know, content or even influencers like who aren't musicians, like who are really good in this space, really do help me feel empowered. Like those are the things that are not toxic on my feed. Like people like Katie Storino or Lizzo. Like, I don't know. It just also just the reminder that like life is short. And that's not to put pressure on us to just love our bodies all of a sudden, but just that like knowing that there's a there's a a way to think differently about my body where I don't care about it so much gives me hope even if I'm not there yet did you guys watch Lizzo's tiny desk concert Mm-mm. yes she said something in that that continues to blow my mind Ooh, like a year I later I watched it because of you yeah, yeah. I like may I have said it, again it. may have said this yeah. on the pod before <laughs> but at the end of the concert or maybe not at the end she at one point was like do you guys love me and everyone's cheering blah 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 yeah. and she was like okay great if you love me you can love yourself. If you love this body, you can love your body. Or like, I'm paraphrasing, but that was the idea. And it was so powerful to me because I was like, I look at Lizzo and see like this fucking hot bitch, talented, everything. You know, it's like, that's the impression I have of her. And yet I look at my own body and I'm like, gross. Right. You know, it's like, it just was a powerful sentiment. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's, we should, whenever we have like body talk, we should just do Lizzo quotes. Cause there was, I remember she had a tweet once that was like, um, who out there is going to be able to handle all this pussy? And I was like, <laughs> right, who out there? Nobody can handle it. They're not good enough. But like, if I turned around, 
like if I asked myself that question, it'd be like, nobody wants this. Like, you know, I, it's just interesting that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Praise Lizzo. Send us yeah. Lizzo quotes, guys. Yeah. Um, okay. Kimmy, do you have a question you want to start with? I can also grab one. I'll start on a darker one and then okay. we'll go light. Only yes. because this is a really specific question that was asked by someone who said, you know, Liza and you have mentioned eating disorders in passing, but like would really love to know a little bit more about that for each of you. And we don't have to go into all of it. I think we should have an expert on at some point, clearly. But the question of how do you kind of like, when do you tell a partner about that? If you're in recovery from an eating disorder or if you are currently suffering from disordered eating. Um, yeah. And Liza, no pressure to answer this, but, but no. I think – even we can broaden the question. I'll speak to the eating disorder part, but you know, for all of us, we can broaden it to just when do you tell, reveal that you're insecure about your body to a partner? Because there's also this pressure to act confident in our bodies, which is like fake it till you make it. Yeah, all good. But like, when do you get to that level of vulnerability? I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question that I don't have a good answer to. Um, I think the biggest thing is like you have to feel like you've shared other things that are maybe less vulnerable and they've been received with kindness. You know, I think you have to have a couple proven experiences of being made to feel like safe and seen and not judged. Um, I know that I've like shared stuff about my history of disordered eating with people and it's been like, I don't think anyone handled it badly, but it makes people uncomfortable and I've had people make jokes again like it hasn't that sounds vicious and it wasn't intended that way it's the same way some people don't know how to talk about grief or um you know any of any number of things that are really hard to talk about uh and I think that was like a tough lesson to learn that you just you have to be careful who you share the parts of yourself that that are very very tender with and by tender I mean like like uh, the underbelly of a, I don't know, but you know, <laughs> vulnerable. Um, but it's, so yeah, I would say like, you know, you, you should work up in terms of vulnerability and only share these things that, you know, y- you could have the potential to be really hurt by someone's response when they've shown you more than once that they're able to handle a tougher conversation or some of the things about you that you don't think are as, um, lovable you're you're wrong (laughs) you know everything about you is lovable um but I think that's like a really important thing to have a pattern of established like trust yeah Liza you're one of the first people I ever told I like I can't even say it out loud because I'm like I didn't go to a hospital I wasn't that sick like that I was bulimic like but it's like I just thought I was throwing up food sometimes. It's so fucking dark. Like, I didn't admit it until I admitted it in therapy. And, like, you and I had a conversation about it. And I had told none of my college friends. Like, and it started when I was in college because my roommate was, like, puking in college. Um, It didn't start, like, when I was dancing or anything like that. Uh, God, I still feel, like, embarrassed by it. And also, like, I don't have a right to talk about it because I wasn't, it wasn't as severe as it could have been, but like, uh, it. I will tell you how to not share it with a partner. I think the first time I did share it in my current relationship, I kind of just tossed it out there as like, well, it's hard for like I had like you know I just threw it out there in some weird way in a conversation, kind of like a I've had it hard card. Um, women's bodies are subject to all this criticism. Uh, so that was not cool. 
I think in terms of like when to share it, it's got to feel I don't, don't put any pressure on yourself to share it early. Like, and if you're in a place where you think like to date you, you need to know that maybe like take a step back. I, this is where I'm I'm unqualified. But I will say, do not like rush to sharing it just because like you feel like this person should know everything about you. Like, I think it needs to be at a moment where, uh, yeah, there's some some mutual sharing going on maybe or it, it, you feel a lot of trust. But don't pressure yourself yeah. to share Yeah, I think I probably shared that over a year into my relationship, maybe longer. I just was yeah. like, I don't want you to know this. And then at a certain point I was like, oh, I do want you to know this about me. And I can't pinpoint what that moment was, but it was a moment of being like, oh, I know for sure that I'm not going to be judged. I'm not going to be, you know, written off and I'm not going to be called a drama queen or I don't know, things that haven't happened, but I have gotten responses that are not, you know, don't feel good. So, yeah, I think like it's the idea of not putting pressure on yourself to share is really, really a, a very important one. Should we do another question? It's yes. so weird to feel For so sure. like I, I feel like it's I'm going to keep uh, clearly I have an issue with letting things be serious <laughs> and not letting things be funny. But how about this? This was on IG. So <laughs> IG, I didn't say <laughs> so, so young. Um, okay. <laughs> Would you so someone asked about like would you actually prefer maybe like a dating app without pics so that it's less about looks um more like love is blind style like would you, i i thought this was just really interesting to consider like would you in an ideal world actually prefer that dating apps didn't have pictures involved i have a strong opinion but i'd love to hear both of yours i think i would i still want pictures i mean i know there's a part of it that is like judging it by like society standards but then there's also like beyond that just like attraction and not because of what society tells me like i've talked about it before i love yeah. mustaches and society is not telling me to love them because society's like ew <laughs> mustaches like you know that's my own unique thing like, um no no. <laughs> no 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 um, like Tom Selleck. Anyways, we could get Tom into Selleck. it. Tom Selleck. There we go. <laughs> um, I snuck a really creepy picture of a musician was... in a band I was seeing the other night and sent it to Carlin, who had the mo- he was he was hot, but he had he the most hot. fucking prodigious yeah. stash. And his I think his girlfriend was near me in the thing, oh, and I was like zooming. I was like creepily zooming in and trying to get this picture for Carlin. <laughs> Speaking of mustaches. Um. Anyway. Continue. I was going to say that, so that Austin musician with the mustache, but I was like, nobody's going to get that. Um, <laughs> we'll post, oh my gosh, can we put it on the on the Instagram? Like, well, if he has a girlfriend. Oh, that would be the most best misconnection, but it's not a yes. misconnection because I wasn't yes. there. And you, he probably has a girlfriend. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's a misconnection for 2021. Right, yeah. it's, so, it's a modern it's so day good. Anyway, so like, I feel like I, I get like, the the question and like how that would be interesting but then like are we saying that we're not using pictures because like is this in a completely like a hypothetical society where we don't like we all went to the quaker camp and like <laughs> and everybody like men went to and so that like they are able to write about themselves like more efficiently and like more descriptively so like i'm actually able to like base it on something like if we're using if it's like no pictures but men are still writing like oh i really love tacos like 
no like because i would it would just be a no they just don't know how to write about themselves sometimes like so so my answer is no <laughs> yeah i mean Liza, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it's so tricky because, like, attraction is really important, right? Like, it's it's incredibly important. And, you know, so much of that, like, can't be conveyed in pictures. But it is, like, a first step towards that. You know, so many times you, I only realize I'm attracted to someone in person with them because I'm like, oh, I like the way you smell and it's weird. But, like, we're animals and so that's a thing, <laughs> you know? But it's it's hard because on the one hand, pictures don't convey attraction, but they are like the closest thing on a dating app. It's not like, you know, you can have like a, a 18th century portrait of somebody or like a, a, I don't know, like a 3D scan. Or, I don't know. That's even creepier. Like it's it almost feels like the the kind of, um, you know, the best. Uh, what do people say about democracy? It's the it's the um, worst form of government, except for all the other forms. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that way about pictures on dating apps. It's like it's like the, not a great way to convey attraction, but we don't have any other like first kind of gatekeeper. And you know, these apps are doing more than pictures. I strongly feel this would be a terrible idea. Almost, and I'm going to try to make this kind of analogy. It's not going to work. I already feel it. But the way like taking away, someone calls you, oh, you look so skinny one time. And then they don't say that the next year when they see you. Taking away the pictures uh, and somehow like to me like exacerbates it. Because then when you actually wind up on the date, it's like this bigger moment of confronting. I do think we're animals I that are attracted and again, there's no smell on dating apps. That That's in 50 years. They'll do that. But Crazy. there's something to being able to see the person you're going on a date with. And I think I am attracted to this person. You know, that said, uh, it's hard that sometimes on certain apps, it feels like it's just about what you look like. So I don't want to diminish that. But I think it's, no, I don't think we should have a love is blind app. I think we all just need to. I think the problem with to your earlier point, Carlin, is like, yeah, it's it's not a hypothetical world. It's real world. And we the problem is not just like that we're attracted to other people by what they look like. It's that that attraction is seen through the societal lens that hasn't been imprinted on all of us. Like, of course, you're like certain like cr- colors are attractive to me. I don't know, like not in a sexual way, but um, <laughs> attraction looks and attraction are, are very normal. That's not going to go away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, here's the next another question. Um, I, I'm reading this one because it hits for me. I, I haven't been on dating apps, but part of the reason I haven't been on dating apps is because of this fear. So here's the question. I'm always worried that full body pictures are too flattering or don't show how curvy I am. Should I write something about being curvy or slash plus size in my bio? All photos are newish. I remember this question. I this one was really interesting because uh back when I was on OKCupid you could like categorize your body and I think curvy was an option and like average, like more to love skinny. Like, I think I don't know what it is now. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, don't quote me on that, but it was something like that. And I remember like always um, like struggling with that because you know, like what does curvy like I am curvy because like I, I would define that as like, because I have like big boobs and like, 
a small waist under my boobs, but you don't see that because my boobs are so big. So then it kind of just gets lost. But anyway, <laughs> in terms of the specifics, um, but, but like, do you know what I mean? Like it's, I, I, I always struggled with that on OkCupid and then every other app I don't think has like an option for that, like, like to categorize your body. And so for the pictures, it was, it's, it's interesting because like we're talking about before, like, you know, thinking about like other, like the people that we're dating, like who they will date after us or who they've dated before. Like you will not see me in a bikini. I have not worn a bikini since the scoliosis test day. Um, I don't even like, I feel so weird about my body that I don't wear short. I mean, I'm wearing shorts right now, like in the privacy of my own home, but I do not wear them outside. Like I wear pants even like in the summer. Um, so I think it's so full body pictures for me, like it's like one of those things that you have to do. And so I know that I have to provide it to show that I'm not this offensive thing, even though I could be offensive later, even in my honesty in an app. But I try not to like show cleavage because then that gets a certain kind of response. I also feel like a guy will immediately like if you I think at a point. Oh, sorry, I'm like, uh blabbering um i think at a point when you have big boobs like cleavage and like showing them off is just like they're just existing that way i'm not doing it on purpose like that's just that's just how they are i remember once somebody was like you know oh, you're showing so much cleavage and i was like that is not even cleavage for me that's just like a modest sunday at church <laughs> like you know <laughs> i just think i think there are moments where like i wish i was like our Lord and Savior, Tasha Adams, and had like that body. But I could oh never post like a picture like that because I think for me, it just gets like super sexual. And I'm sure it does like in her comments as well. But, you know, I think there's, it's like a catch 22, right? Like you want to show your body, but then if you're like super honest, you're just going to get like pervy people and like unwanted dick pics. But if you don't show enough and it's like, you know, oh, well, what do you look like? Like, you feel like if you're not getting matches, it's because like, oh, I don't have good full body pictures. So I think it's hard. I usually, they're covered enough, but since like you can still see them there, but like I don't show a lot of skin in my full body pictures because it's just, um, I, I just like the, the skeeviness that really makes me uncomfortable on apps. Yeah, it's really, really tricky. I mean, I've literally, like, I remember when I was, the the window that I was single and apps were a thing, I remember, like, looking for pictures of myself and just being like, I can't be on apps because I don't have any, like, I don't like the way my body looks. It's funny because it was actually, like, I was amongst the smallest I've ever been, um, which is just goes to, I say that just to prove that, like, the truth of what my body looks like has never affected my it's it's ever helped you know i've done insane diets and been very unhealthy and lost weight and it didn't make these feelings go anywhere it it, it was potentially even worse because i was thinking so much about my size and people were commenting on it so much like kimmy mm-hmm. kimmy mentioned but i remember just looking for photos and being like well i can't be on an app because i can't show my body to anyone and open it up to criticism mm-hmm. And I think that, like, in hindsight, what I wish I could tell myself is, like, I don't actually think that happens. I think people swipe right on you who don't, um, who don't, you know, want to go on a date with you. Or, sorry, swipe left on you. I know how things work, I promise. But 
I um I don't think you need to write about your body in your bio. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I think that like you have photos of yourself. I hope that you feel beautiful in those photos. I wish like I had I had the ability to feel beautiful at that time. Um if someone shows up and you know, they feel like there's a small difference in what they're seeing from the photos and they're going to make a call on you as a human based on that, then they're not the right person for you. They're not a good person. Uh, But I know that doesn't, from firsthand experience, that doesn't cover, that doesn't help with the like pain and fear around it. But um, I do think like you don't need to be writing about your body and your bio because I don't think you need to be explaining it to anyone. Agreed. And I think, you know, that there are certain body types that don't feel the need to explain it to anyone again because of society. So as hard as it is and as much of a gap as there is, um, you know, those 5% of women, let's say, from the statistics, you don't have to share that either. You have full body pictures and you're worried about them being too flattering. Everyone puts extra flattering photos on dating apps, including a lot of the men you or women, whoever you date, that you've you've gone on dates with so I would say I know it's so painful but Liza said it best it's one of those oh gosh um it's so vulnerable dating is so vulnerable and so painful so if you get on a date and someone's you know being critical or you know you don't I don't need that. No, you did a great job. I know your profile is beautiful and the other losers can suck it who don't like think that you look the same in real life because honestly, they don't look the same in real life either. Let's just be real here. That's Nobody looks the same. So true. I oh don't. Yes. Come on. Like <laughs> right. to our earlier conversation, you can now put videos of yourself that like make you skinnier. You can face tune videos like it's a wild thing. People are trying to get. Carlin, to your earlier point, plastic surgery, I read some quote about plastic surgeons being like, we can't make you look like that. We'd have to like move your bones yeah. to make you look like that. And, and people do that. They get like ribs removed. Like it's, yep. it's crazy out there. But anyway, yes, we, you don't need to put that in your bio. And as hard as it is, like just know that it's not about you. And I, I know from the way you worded that question, your profile is showing you in the exact way that it should yeah i thought this watching the circle when i was like and so many of those people are like stupid reality tv hot where it's like oh but like two or three photos of them you cannot triangulate that into an understanding of what someone looks like Mm -hmm. no you You just can't good point you know um do we want to do one more or should we move on to like you know, I feel like we'll end with maybe we can each say like one thing we're we're working on internally. Could we not. rapid fire some of the other ones? Like really rapid. Sure. Like, yes. Okay. We'll each maybe maybe we'll each answer like one question rather yeah. than us all weighing in on one. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll throw it out there. Can you talk about feeling not worthy of someone because of being overweight? Yes, I feel that all the time. And not because they have like specified that in their profile, but Uh, Because society tells me that skinny people are what we should all want. And skinny people are the most fun. They travel the most. Like all the things that guys want on a profile, they want to do it with a skinny person. And like I am not that. So I often do feel unworthy. Um, But then I 
I'm also like really fucking beautiful. So if that's just like not their cup of tea and these perfect oversized tits aren't there, their cup of tea, <laughs> then like they can keep it moving. Yeah. And you are fucking worthy. Everyone is, Everyone worthy, is worthy except for our previous president. No, <laughs> actually, okay. Let's see. All yeah, right. A- You're worthy. You're <laughs> worthy. <laughs> Uh, and even he might be worthy of something. Okay. Let's do another one. Liza, you want to go for one? Shout one out? Sure. Um, overcoming okay. insecurities in intimate situations and poor body image equaling low sex drive. These are two different questions, but I'm going to combine them because I think they kind of go hand in hand. Yep. First thought, low sex drive, poor body image, completely have been there. It's a very difficult fucking thing and it's my reminder to myself and to you is that it's all about your relationship with you so if that's like you know going to therapy if that's just like changing the way you talk to yourself when you're getting dressed or changing the way you talk about your body or don't talk about your body to your partner um get yourself feeling sexy like that's not perfect advice because I'm navigating that but it's all about it's not about the partner or whoever you're seeing or not seeing it's about you and your relationship to yourself so get out that vibrator go for it like take some sexy pictures you got it and overcoming insecurities in intimate situations rule number one I love the lights off for the beginning fuck it I know that's probably not the right advice to be giving but also just you know making sure you end up in intimate situations with people you've gone on enough dates where you trust them where you're like this is a good person they're not gonna become a giant jerk when we we get into the body stuff it's hard though. Like yeah. you never know. So I would say, again, it's it's about your relationship to your body. So whatever you can do to feel sexy so that like in that intimate situation, you've already like had practice feeling into yourself. Wow. That, that was terrible And also advice. like I know I just said like I, I, I wasn't going to weigh on on every single thing, <laughs> but I, it's hard for me not to talk. Uh, <laughs> I feel like something I like to think about is like when you're in an intimate situation with someone, like they're attracted to you. Like mm-hmm. this is very heteronormative, but it's like, hey if they have a boner for you it's because of like your body like you are like causing this in them you are like creating a physical reaction in their body that like makes them want to touch your body sorry to be filthy I feel like I'm a phone sex operator right now exactly and men but it's like sometimes like when I'm insecure about myself I'm like oh like my physical self is giving their physical self a reaction that is like pleasurable for both of us and like it's a very simple way of viewing it and I know it's easier said than done but like sometimes when I was insecure I'd be like this is about me and my body and like that is something I even still sometimes come back to when I'm like my stomach looks you know whatever is like if if he if they if he didn't like it (laughs) this wouldn't be happening you know between us and there's a lot of misinformation out there or men projecting that they only like certain bodies that we're taught we're supposed to look like and that's not true yeah they like some more curves yes okay just had to add that (laughs) okay i'm gonna throw one last one out oh i think this is a good one thoughts on the first comment from a guy on an app being about physical appearances even if it's a nice slash respectful comment they always give me the ick factor i agree it's also icky ick ick Ick, ick list. Bye-bye. Yeah. yeah. I think ick too. I mean, like, if there's nothing else, like, if your profile is, if your profile is blank, even then, like, th- he's not creative enough. Like, uh, <laughs> ick. Yeah. 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 Nah. Ick. If they, ick. if they say something fun about your shirt, 
and like not like oh that shirt's tight but like right. i also like um aerosmith i, I don't know yeah, I don't <laughs> whatever know. <laughs> I, don't know why. I saw someone in an aerosmith shirt at a coffee shop today and i was like oh uh okay um, <laughs> that's i too love steven tyler <laughs> yeah you know uh, of course there's like there's some exceptions but yeah i think in general no body talk in the first many many app messages or at all you know even 10 messages in i don't really want someone to be like by the way you're beautiful like i know i'm like i don't know yeah no great like thank you i think you're (laughs) You're great (laughs) um guys i want to end with like i'm hoping this is a positive note if not just like a, a helpful note but um I wanted to ask you guys if there's anything you're currently doing or have done in the past that has helped these feelings, that has made you feel more grounded in your body, more um, more positive about your body or more, you know, whatever it is, things that have tri- alleviated some of this like pain we've been talking about for this for the last, you know, hour and change. I guess I try to relieve the pressure of because I'm always thinking about like, oh, I need to lose this weight. Oh, I need to lose this weight. So one coping mechanism is to say, like, if I stayed this number that's on the scale for the rest of my life, would I be okay? I would be fine. Like, I could do that. Like, if I couldn't find like the motivation or the time or whatever to like lose this weight and like stop having that conversation with myself, like I could live my life like this for the forever because and now getting to the point that like I have like a healthy relationship with some foods not cookies <laughs> um <laughs> and a better just like moving my body more so like I could maintain this and be all right with that and then like translating that to dating like my new so after that recent experience like of dating or being on the date with that guy and then feeling like he stopped talking to me because of my body now when I'm on the app I like redid my profile and I feel like 110% good about my photos and like the things that I wrote and I'm not checking it every day. And I just, I don't need like a hundred likes. I don't need a hundred like actual dates. Like I just need one that works out and I'm going to try to like let go of the pressure of thinking like, Oh, mm-hmm. well girls like, cause I hear that all the time. It's like, Oh, I get like 20 likes in a day. Like that's not me, honey. Like that's never me. It's, it's not going to be me, but I also don't need it to be me. And I don't need like all of that attention. Like I'm like, my intention is to find someone that wants to be with me all the time. And I don't need like a hundred people to do that. And so the only way that I can like make that healthy balance is to kind of like let it go and not put the pressure on myself and just do kind of like slowly ease into making healthier decisions and like whatever happens happens like if I'm good with myself like shit that's all I can do right like that's all I can like count on at the end of the day if I'm like okay with my decisions and okay with my feelings which is like a daily struggle when I factor in my mother's feelings about my body but like even that is part of the process so yeah Totally. Yeah, I love that. Kimmy? Um, yeah, I think what I do, and I was just racking my brain in, in the spirit of, you know, vulnerability, because I'm like, oh, I do, I still do a lot of unhealthy things. The things that, like, this is very sad that I'm, I'm starting to try to do is um, treat my body and, like, mind better. And that does not mean dieting. For me, that's been, like, being okay. And it sounds so embarrassing, but, like, having a toast – Yes, like a fucking millennial and avocado toast for lunch. Somehow it used to be like 
no, have a salad or that is, it's all so sad, but like it actually makes me feel good. It, it's, it's like a challenge in a little bit of a way to like, it's so again, really embarrassing. My relationship to bread, that's an insane thing. On the weekends, it's fine, but on the weekdays, there's something off. So doing little things that are not dieting because those are not actually being good to my body, but like move, like going for a walk or doing a little yoga, not the kind that's getting me in any kind of shape, but to like feel like I did some things. And the other thing is really to try to zoom out kind of similar to what Carlin said and think, all right, I gained this weight, you know, going to grad school and I had a lot of fun and these experiences and do I really think like the person I'm with or even like the person I with I'm with doesn't care that I've gained a couple pounds why do I care so much about it like what is it why, why can't I just not really care about it and like really challenge myself to say I'm okay with this for now it's it's not really tangible but those are like the little I'm basically I think I'm in different ways challenging myself to like change my relationship to thinking about those five pounds I really want to lose to to just being like well what if I'm just a different weight now because I'm not fucking 21 anymore yeah uh thinking about foods that I used to avoid and be like well what if I just want that now you know because I can now <laughs> that's a fucking piece of bread but it's baby steps I I apologize yeah. I don't have more wisdom I mean we said we said this from the beginning it's really really hard to undo this programming it's hard to like unplug the wires <laughs> you know mm-hmm. they're they're hardwired um I want to like I- I've been trying to I feel like the the body positivity movement has been a little bit hard for me I have a hard time um looking in the mirror and being like I'm a hot bitch like I've mm-hmm. never taken a sexy photo of myself I've tried and I I find them like horrifying and it's like a it's like a I just can't do it. I I don't like the way my body looks enough. And I've I've almost struggled in the last couple of years as more people are coming out as really body positive to be like, well, why don't I feel that way? Why am I not more like Katie Storino? Mm-hmm. Um, and something that I stumbled on kind of recently is the idea of body neutrality. And it talks about the idea that like body positivity is actually also putting an expectation on your body. In a mm-hmm. good way, way better than than <laughs> what we were taught. And there is, I'm not shading body positivity. If you can, if it's like working and you're feeling more positive about your body, fuck yeah, we need these role models. We Like everyone should feel good about themselves. But I feel like body, the idea of body neutrality is basically that your body is neither good or bad. It's just a body and its purpose is to bring you through life and accomplish the things you want to accomplish. And it has helped me to think about my health in an actual way that's about my health not a way that like I'm pretending it's health but it's weight it's it's made me feel like what do I actually want to eat and drink do I like I I love yoga but sometimes I have gotten into things like I have to go five times a week because then my body's gonna look great and now when I do yoga which is the only form of exercise I have ever liked it feels like I am taking care of my vessel that I need so I can go to museums and listen to music and watch movies and write and like have sex with my partner and and like dance in the rain. I don't actually do it. But you know what I mean? Like all of the things that give me happiness in life, I need my body to do. And 
Yeah. It's the idea that that's what your body's for. So it doesn't really matter like the exact shape or size and it's going to change and it's going to be different. But if you can maintain it in a way that it can do the things that brings you joy and pleasure, then that's its purpose. And it's just helping me think about things really differently. And it's not perfect. I still feel a lot of the negative feelings. But when I feel those things, I try to just be like, your body's just a vessel for your soul to do cool shit that you want to do. And I'm trying to like bring my mind back there, especially when it's hard for me to be like, yeah, bitch, slay queen, you know, like, which is not so natural for me. It's such a good point. Like, I won't, uh, the dark note to end on, but watching like my mom's body turn on her with breast cancer, like somehow for me that I don't like, I'm not good at practicing gratitude. I kind of scoff at it, even though I believe in it totally. But being grateful for your body, like, we need more propaganda telling us to be just really grateful when our bodies are healthy and working right mm. and to like to focus on that rather than what they look like on the exterior. Somehow that actually that does something in my brain to make me think about it differently. Yeah. yeah, I would encourage anyone to just just type body neutrality into Google and just like read a couple people's experiences with it. Someone like I, I heard about it somewhere and I just Googled it and just, you know, people some from people. I think I, there's an article in Refinery29 about just like personal essays about it um and it's it was it was a refreshing and shockingly novel idea to me that my body's just like a a cluster of cells to for me to live my my dank life in yeah (laughs) yeah we don't all have to look like dua lipa we can just love her music and body (laughs) oh Guys, Guys, this has been very, very powerful. I hope that everybody listening, um, I don't know, got something out of it. I love you guys. I hope you don't feel worse. Love you guys. And <laughs> yeah, I know. Helen, thank you for coming on always, but like being so vulnerable. Liza, thank you as well. Um, thank you, thank Kimmy. you, Kimmy, as well. Thank you. <laughs> Are we a fucking wellness podcast? Jesus. Oh my God. Uh, no. We did it. We did it. Um, but I am very grateful to you both. So thank you very much. And grateful to all of you listening. I echo Liza, and I hope it um, helped in some tiny way. And go on a date. Go on a date. <laughs> <laughs> this feels so weird. Google to add that body way. neutrality. How about that? Okay, we love you. We love Bye-bye. you. Bye. Bye.